Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Uh, today, we, um, with the government and the incentives that they're putting out at the moment, today we're going to dive into a little bit further into the, the latest one that's come out, the Home Builder Package. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. I'll pass that over to Melinda. She'll do a bit of a, an overview and give you an idea of um, basically what it is. Yes, welcome back, everybody. I'm really excited to be breaking down this home builder package today because I know here in Brisbane, a renovation um, strategy is really popular with our Queenslander homes. And we're going to unpack that in this episode, but also we're going to talk about the capacity for people to build a brand new home and some of the pitfalls that people need to be aware of. So you may have already heard this home builder package provides a grant of $25,000 to build a new home or to substantially renovate an existing home. So there are a lot of rules and regulations around the package that you would need to be aware of. Um, You need to make sure that you do qualify before you plan to take advantage of this. So um, it is time limited. It's something that people need to be aware of. What that means is that the building contract for the works that you are doing, whether that's a new build or a renovation, needs to be entered into between the 4th of June and the 31st of December 2020. Now, that provides an immediate and rapid stimulus to the economy through the construction industry. So, If you're not already planning for um, a new build or renovations, you need to get started because that planning phase can often take weeks or months and um, you need to make sure that that contract is entered into before the stimulus expires. Um, But the construction itself uh, can be commencing within three months of the contract date. So obviously, Scott and I, uh, coming from a construction background, do understand how the building contracts work and, um, you know, they can be a little bit complex and that's something else we're going to be unpacking within this episode. But obviously, uh, some of the eligibility criteria are that um, you are over the age of 18 um, and you're an Australian citizen. But if you are applying as a single, you're you must have an annual income less than $125,000 based on your tax return from the 2018-2019 financial year. And if you're a couple, your income threshold is $200,000. So that's definitely one of the things that you need to check to make sure you qualify first and foremost. Now, the value of the building contract that's entered into Um, does vary depending on whether you're building a new home or whether you're renovating an existing home. So there's rules around that as well. So if you are building a new house as a principal place of residence, um, the property value cannot exceed $750,000 at the completion of construction. So that's another threshold that uh, people need to be aware of. However, if you are substantially renovating your home, your, your renovation contract has to be between 150,000 and 750,000. So that's going to eliminate some really minor cosmetic works, which we'll talk about today. Uh, But the value of the existing property before the renovation cannot exceed $1.5 million. So again, lots of rules around this. And um, it's something that you need to be aware of if you're going to be, you know, following or taking advantage of this grant. Yeah, I think that it's really important to make sure you do understand all the um, the requirements are set out there and um, make sure you do do some homework, get some advice. The other thing, as Melinda mentioned about was um, 
um, the the timing and the and the time frame. If you are looking at building, make sure you understand the time frame for approvals. So you need to get all your, whether it's development approvals or um, building approvals. Make sure that is allowed for, and make sure that's all covered up as well. And one thing that um, I don't know if I made clear is that this only applies for your principal place of residence. If you are a property investor, you will not be eligible for the home builder grants. So the idea is not to make those that already um, are wealthy wealthier. The idea is to help those um, who are struggling to get into the market um, to give them a boost, but also for homeowners to improve the equity in their own homes. So Okay, look, I think all these things are, are, are good incentives. I think uh, with the government putting these types of things out, they are they are great. And let's start at the beginning, I guess, and try and pull apart opportunities for um, like the first home buyers. Yeah, look, this is a market that could really benefit from this package. First home buyers typically do target or um, they typically buy uh, brand new house and land packages in some of the outskirts suburbs around the the CBDs. Now here in Brisbane, you know, we do have a geographically very widely spread city. So some of the um, areas where the house and land packages are being built are quite a distance away from the, the CBD. But um, the home builder not only provides that $25,000 grant for first home buyers, but in addition to that, our state government here in Queensland provides the first home owners grant of $15,000 um, as well. Now, there's other rules around that because the property value, um, again, has to be less than $750,000. But together, um, you know, that provides a substantial amount for first home buyers to get into the market. Now, obviously, for first home buyers, again, there are stamp duty concessions here in Queensland. Um, and that, that applies if the property value is less than $550,000. Um, and at the moment, the Commonwealth, Commonwealth Government have got the additional incentives of the first home loan deposit scheme and also the first home super saver scheme. So if you're a first home buyer and you don't know about all of these opportunities that are available to you, you should seek advice. And um, my only comment in relation to that is be careful uh, who you're actually going to for that advice because if someone is um, is not, if you're not paying for any advice, uh, it may be that they're recommending a product that they're going to be uh, paid for, which we'll get to shortly as well. So we've a lot of incentives there, and I think that that's fantastic for first home buyers. The other thing we want to talk about and really be careful here is is probably the future and your investment, how you set yourself up for the future. Um, so you, you've got all these incentives, you've got your deposits, you've got your, your money set aside. I guess the next question, Melinda, is do you just go and buy a block of land ready to build in, say, a satellite city, as they call them, or in those sort of new estates opening up? Yeah, look, whether you're a first home buyer or an upgrader or a downsizer, whatever the reason for um, buying a block of land and building a brand new home, I think it's really important that people are aware of some of the potential pitfalls associated with that. Yes, this is a grant that targets homeowners. However, residential real estate is an asset class that can build significant wealth. And in fact, the majority of Australia's wealth sits in the family home. So it is really important that you not only consider the investment of a significant sum of money um, from the perspective of home ownership, but you're also looking at how your home can potentially uh, provide a foundation for future wealth creation into the future. So 
there's a lot of um, things to be aware of when buying brand new. And I guess the first is that uh, when you buy brand new, um, you're paying a lot less for the land, but a lot more for the building. So you're actually paying for someone else's profit. And and Scott, you know, the development process, there's a lot of uh, profits that are built into that. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you do have to understand that when those houses are built brand new, there's a developer, there's a builder, there's everyone that's putting their margin on it and everyone needs to make money. That's that's how they survive. That's how we work. So everyone needs to make their bit of money along the way and, and that's built into that uh, brand new product. Yeah, so obviously this is the whole purpose of the stimulus or the grant that the government's put in place because they want to keep some of these small contractors employed. They want to keep uh, the flow of money through the building industry consistent. Uh, but remember, as the end user or the consumer, you are paying a premium for the fact that it is a brand new product. And there are a lot of hidden costs built into the price that you will be paying. Now, um, obviously, you know, that that brings with it many benefits because you do have um, a home that you potentially can design to your liking. Uh, but it's just something to be aware of um, if you are you know, concerned about, you know, how much the cost of building a brand new home is. So if we look at, at the the future, I guess, from that and that investment, things like, um, you know, what's the house going to be worth in the future, your capital growth and how you can benefit from it. Um, I mean, that's something to also be aware of uh, because if you're buying in these areas that there is a lot of land, your house is not going to go up in value as much. That's absolutely right. So what we have found in Brisbane, when we look retrospectively at some of the median price growth that has occurred in the past in some of these brand new estates, we can look at the last 10 years and know that capital growth has been very flat between um, the the year 2010 and now being 2020. So the reason that that is, is because when you build a brand new property, um, the value or the depreciation value of the house, uh, it goes down in value at a faster rate than the land appreciates or goes up in value. Now, that might be a difficult concept to understand. Um, If you're looking at a property that's brand new from an investment perspective, uh, as an investor, you actually get to write off the cost of the depreciation value uh, against your tax. But as a home buyer, you don't have that benefit. So it's like buying a brand new car. As soon as you drive it out of the car yard, it's worth less. The same applies for a brand new house. And the reason for that is that um, generally, if you're buying in an estate where there are um, a number of staged releases of the land, say, for example, you buy in stage one and you pay $500,000 for your brand new build, and then the developer releases stage two, and those properties are also selling for $500,000. Now, your property in stage one is worth less because no one will pay the same price for a secondhand product compared to the shiny new product that's selling for the same cost. So that's just a very uh, basic example of the concept where the value of the house depreciates at a faster rate than the value of the land appreciates. Yeah, that's that's definitely something to really think about to set up yourself for the future. The um, <clears throat> the other thing when you look at these new estates that, um, that pop up and they've got all their display homes, they're usually fitted out really nice with all the furniture and it's all staged. You do really have to understand, is that what you're actually going to get when you build a brand new house? Because 
you want to make sure that the appliances and all the selections are uh, as per the display home. And that is all done in the specifications and the design. Yeah, I think having certainty about the quality of the finishes um, is really important. Now, when you're entering a building contract, it's critical that you get some professional advice um, and have that contract reviewed before you sign it because you must understand what is included in that contract price. Sometimes when you're looking at display homes, um, you might assume that you get everything that you see when you're entering a contract with that builder. However, the reality can be quite different. You may not get floor coverings or driveways or landscaping as standard inclusions. So it is critical that you understand what that building contract includes before you go to sign it and getting professional advice is, is definitely a worthwhile step. So I, I guess when you, the other thing we talk about is when you um, build in these new properties, in these new estates, we should say, um, when you buy in an established area, you understand what the houses are, what the view is like, what the surrounding areas look like. When you're building these new estates, you're not quite sure what the neighbourhood's going to look like in the future. That's something to also to think about, what their outlook's going to be like, what their houses around you, the parks, the shops, all those types of things, what it will actually look like when it's established. Yeah, it's a really um, important point, Scott. And, you know, you might be purchasing a block of land that's on the elevated part of the street because of the view that you can achieve um, when the whole area is flat land. But you, what you may not know is that the property across the road might build, might be built up to, you know, um, eliminate the view that you've paid for in the value of the land. So it's really critical to have an understanding of what the surrounding area might look like. And um, that is hard when it's a, a brand new estate where you're purchasing a block of land and the houses around you are not yet established or built. Um, the other thing, you don't have control over what is actually going to be built next door or across the road. So you don't know exactly what your neighbor's homes are going to look like. And the other thing is you actually don't know who your neighbours will be. Um, I know looking at established properties, you can do a study of the demographics to understand who lives there. What are their incomes? Are they investors or owner-occupiers? Um, what sorts of jobs do they own? But when you're buying in a brand new area, you just don't have that information. Um, and I'm not suggesting that that's a bad thing. It's just something else to be aware of and something to plan for if you are planning to purchase and build in a new estate. So we're not all doom and gloom, obviously. We're, and then obviously, we just want to point out the the areas to be aware of, um, you know, what the risk is in investing into a property. And especially if it's a first home, um, if you're first home buyers, you want that investment to be a really good, strong investment and help set you up for the future. The other thing is also being aware of when we talk about timeframes is settlement and default of settlement. Yeah, there is, um, you're increasing the risk of settlement default when you're um, building or, or potentially buying something um, off the plan. Basically, when you're actually entering into a contract, you don't have control over what that area is going to be like when the building is complete. So you're contracted in for a build cost um, and you've already purchased the land. So the total value is locked in possibly nine or 10 months before you move into that property. Now, there is the risk, like any new builds, that the market's going to move upwards, downwards or sideways. And there is a risk um, at any time that the market might retract backwards, in which case you're paying a premium in the future for something that's now worth less. Um, that's what we call settlement um, risk. 
Um, providing you don't plan to sell that property in the short term, generally that risk can uh, be absorbed. But it is, again, something else to consider uh, because you're not going to be completing until potentially nine months into the future when you are building brand new. Yeah, I don't think I don't think many people think about that. And we had that in Brisbane, oh, gee, four, five years ago. I'm trying to think of time frame now. Um, we had a massive oversupply of units. There was a lot of units getting built. Uh, people were buying them off the plan. When they were actually completed and come to settlement, they were actually valued under what they paid for. Yeah, so that was due to a complete oversupply in the market. So, you know, there were a lot of people that were stung and, um, you know, they had to settle at prices higher than what the value of that property was um, worth at the time of settlement. So just something else to be aware of. Um, But obviously, there's plenty of reasons why buying a new house and land package may appeal. So it's just important for buyers to be aware of the pitfalls. Um, And obviously, the best way to avoid um, some of those issues that we've raised is potentially to buy a block of land in a location that's already established. So, you know, this is a really effective strategy to not only get the benefit of this new home builder grant, but you also decrease the uncertainty risk associated with a lot of the things that we've just pointed out um, that become issues when you're buying in a brand new estate. So say, for example, you buy a brand new block of land in an established area where a developer has subdivided a lot from one into two. You might purchase the vacant block of land and purchase and build your dream home on that land. That eliminates the risk associated with capital growth because that land is in an established location with no future potential supply. Um, And it also eliminates the risk associated with understanding what that neighbourhood is going to look like and what that demographic looks like as well. So all things to consider if you are looking to take advantage of this $25,000 home builder grant. Yeah, that grant can go a long way to uh, demolishing a house to to build a brand new house in a a good solid location investment area where where it'll go up in in capital growth uh, that the land value is high as well. Good, strong um, strategy there. So I guess we'll move into the um, renovation side of things now. And remember, I mentioned earlier that if you are looking to take advantage of the $25,000 grant, um, your renovation value must be between $150,000 and $750,000. Scott, obviously, that's going to um, limit what types of building works will qualify, but um, I'd like to discuss that. Before we do, one thing that I would like to mention is that there's a lot of suburbs around Brisbane and certainly in Greater Brisbane where spending at least $150,000 on a renovation is simply not going to be a viable option because of the risk of overcapitalization. Now, if that's a term that you're not familiar with, what that means is that If you spend $150,000 on your principal place of residence, you want to make sure that there are other properties in your suburb that support that potential end value. So um, a good thing to do is to have a look at what other properties have sold in the area around your home. And if you are looking at um, taking advantage of this $25,000 grant, make sure that you're not going to be um, the most expensive property in the suburb in case you do have to sell. Now, you know, 
if you don't plan to sell and if you've got a very long-term um, you know, strategy in mind to hold your home over the next 20 years, then there's less risk of that. Uh, but you know, it's important to have financial buffers in place to make sure that if you do overcapitalize, you're not going to put yourself into a position where you do have to sell because you might not get that money back. Yeah, the renovating um, strategy is really popular. We do have a lot of people talk to us about wanting to buy something in a good location and renovate it. Uh, I guess it's a saying we do say quite a lot, and you'll hear us probably say a lot, is um, you can't change the location, but you can always change the house. So if you buy something in a good location, whether it's school catchment <clears throat> or an area where there's parks and shops, whatever whatever you, you're after that area for, you can always change the house. That's where this can you can actually benefit from this type of um, grant from the government. Yeah, look, providing that you qualify with all of the um, income thresholds, et cetera, it can be a really, really effective strategy for manufacturing additional equity in your family home. So if you are lucky enough to already be in a location and and providing that the existing value of your home does not exceed $1.5 then you might be in a position where you had been planning to improve the home. And this is just going to provide the stimulus that you need to get started sooner rather than later. Now, if you haven't already tuned into the episode um, with Alex Stefan from Stefan Town Planning, I do suggest you revise that because here in Brisbane, if you are looking to do renovations, especially on our Queenslander character homes, then you may need a planning approval from uh, council. So it is definitely something to investigate further. And as we mentioned before, getting all of the uh, planning permits and building um, approvals in place is going to, you know, you need to act quickly to ensure that you still can qualify for the grant because there are those time limitations in place. Yeah. Look, we're really big believers of of the manufacturing equity type of strategy. It it sets you up for the future. Um, Whether it's, if this is your home you live in and you can manufacture equity from that, it's the next step to getting that next investment and actually building a probably a portfolio that you'll benefit from long-term. So you can really take advantage of it here to set yourself up for some future. Yeah, Scott, um, can you help some of our listeners um, understand what sort of things things would meet that minimum threshold of $150,000 when they're looking at a renovation strategy? I mean, are we talking, you know, typical bathroom, kitchen renovations? Would that be enough to to qualify someone? Yeah, no, look, with from put my estimator hat on, I guess, without giving all numbers um, and figures to it, because it does vary a lot with different sizes and um, designs and selections. But things like your bathrooms and your kitchens definitely won't qualify. Things that would actually help would be um, you can your bathrooms, kitchens. People love those, and that's what they look when look at when they come into a house, and you actually enjoy those. You spend a lot of time in there. Entertainment areas they're really popular, especially with the lifestyle here in in. Queensland in Brisbane, big decks, entertainment areas, uh, bedrooms, changing the floor plan, making the house work a little bit more so that you can knock some walls down here and there, obviously get some advice on that, make sure they're not structural and and open up the floor plan to make it more livable and more modern. Uh, little things like painting the house, like getting it painted and, and adding some fans and air conditioning. They're little things that you can always add in there and you'll benefit from those when you throw them in there as well. So I think the point there is that um, whilst you might not meet that minimum threshold by just doing a bathroom or a kitchen, grouping in all of those works under one uh, building contract um, to ensure that you're going to meet that minimum threshold is the best way to go. So yes, you can do the kitchen. Yes, you can do the bathrooms. 
um, but also you will need to do additional work to most likely hit that threshold, such as, you know, adding decks. We love indoor-outdoor entertaining here in Brisbane. Um, we love to be able to change the floor plan of some of the old Queenslander character homes, which, you know, the way they used to live is is quite different to the way we now live. So, you know, being tin and timber homes, it's actually not too difficult to um, change some of the layouts. And that's what Scott was referring to. So it's understanding um, what types of works can be included. Um, what is important for some of our listeners to understand is that you cannot include um, additions such as swimming pools, tennis courts, outdoor spas, saunas, sheds, garages, or granny flats. So the um, renovations must be connected to the existing home. So, you know, unfortunately, we can't just go out and um, start our landscaping and add a pool. That's going to be an exclusion under the grant. Um, so again, my only advice is to make sure you understand what types of building works qualify before you push ahead to, you know, put some plans in place. Yeah. And just touching on that, I'm sure we've probably mentioned before, but you, you can't just do it yourself. So it has to be an external qualified uh, licensed trade tradesman that does the work. Um, they need to be registered and you need to get professional and just get some advice on it. Talk to people about it, ask the questions, make sure you just understand what is involved in it. Um, it's a great thing. It, I, it's a positive but just make sure you get the right advice. Yeah, and I guess my final note there is that, um, you know, if you are a trader yourself, um, unfortunately, you can't just contract to yourself in this instance and qualify for the grant. Um, the building contracts, the, the parties to the building contract have to be um, with arm's length. Um, the relationship has to be at arm's length to each other. So you can't just contract out to your, your father or your brother. That's not going to work in this instance. Um, and obviously government are going to crack down on any contracts that are artificially inflated compared to fair market value. So, you know, we hope that we don't see tradies out there starting to pump their prices up on the basis of the fact that, um, you know, that's going to be a benefit to them. The purpose of this is to really stimulate the economy and, you know, a fair and equitable outcome for all would be that, you know, tradies continue to do the work at a fair price um, and people get the renovation or the new build that they want without having to, you know, pay inflate, inflated prices. So, look, that's a that's a bit of a wrap-up, I think, of, of, the, um, of the package. I think that we sort of summed it up pretty quickly. Um, I, ho I hope it's helped. I hope it's benefited the information there. As I say, look look at the information, find out about it, read about it, make sure you qualify. If you can take advantage of it, fantastic. Go for it. I think I think it's a great thing um, to be able to be offered from the government to take advantage of. So um, that's it from me. I hope it's been a great chat and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks very much and bye for now. Yeah, I think the um, takeaway message that I'd like to leave some of our listeners with is basically, you know, it's, it's really important that buyers make decisions based on what's right for them um, long term, not just basing their decisions uh, on these short term stimulus or grants that are in place. So if you've got that long term vision, if you'd already planned to add value to your home at some point or build new, then now may not, there may never be a better time than now to do that. So hope we've unpacked the details around how you can benefit most and some of the pitfalls that you need to be aware of in this episode. We would love for you to leave us a five-star review 
Tell your friends that our podcast exists. The more people that know about how to buy property without risk here in Brisbane, the better. I'm Melinda Jennison. Thank you so much for joining us again and we look forward to speaking with you again next time. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and, of course, tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.